Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Welcome, I'm Diane Mettler, Executive Director of the Pacific Logging Congress. And in this episode of Talking Timber, we will be speaking to Preston Green of Miller Timber Services. He's been on Talking Timber before, but this time he's gonna be talking to us about the company's firefighting team and what they've been doing to combat these enormous fires this year. In the meantime, I want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation, both dedicated to providing sound technical education about the forest industry. This year, the Pacific Forest Foundation is involved in a variety of educational programs, including the Adopt a High School program, an apprenticeship program between loggers and high school students. You can check out that program and others at www.pacificforestfoundation.org. Also, we want to thank our sponsors, Timber West Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal. You can subscribe now for free to both by just going to their website, www.forestnet.com. Okay, now let's hear from Preston about Miller Timber's firefighting team. My name is Preston Green, and I work for Miller Miller Timber Services as a cut-to-length operations specialist. Um, I primarily work in our cut-to-length division, where I manage harvesting teams, and lead uh, technology and software projects for our uh, cut to length machinery. And I also work a little bit in our wildland firefighting division, uh, doing various things or working on hand crews or just whatever uh, needs to be done there. And due to this season being a big wildfire season, I'm guessing you guys have been pretty busy in that arena? We have, yes. Yes, you're right that it's been a very busy season uh, across much of the western U.S., Oregon in particular, um, uh, after the Labor Day windstorm that we had, um, uh, but other states as well. Uh, so, yes, it's been a pretty big, pretty big and busy season. We still have a lot of resources from hand crews to heavy equipment out on fire, um, and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down soon, but uh, maybe with the weather that we're supposed to get this weekend, things might change, but um, California looks to still be in the middle of their uh, pretty severe fire season as well. So yeah, it's been a busy season for us on the wildland fire side. So when you're talking about doing work on wildfires, what's that entail? Um, Well, typically, uh, probably our biggest resource is our hand crews. So we put out quite a few 20-person hand crews. Um, but we also have uh, our cut-to-length harvesting equipment, harvesters and forwarders that can go work on fires. Um, they can they can cut danger trees. They can open up um, containment lines, um, do rehab work. Uh, we also have a whole host of engines and tenders, type fours, type sixes, and then uh, we convert our our short log log trucks to uh, water tenders. Um, we put quite a few of those out as well. And we also have some skidgens and um, yeah, kind of conventional heavy equipment uh, that we'll put out there as well for, for heavy equipment needs. So we kind of have a whole host of things that, that we can respond to on a variety of different levels. So do you move the equipment from state to state or do you have it sort of located in each of those areas? Uh, we do move equipment from state to state. We pretty much will move it wherever uh, the need arises, primarily yeah. Uh, well, currently, right now, most of our equipment is is on fires here in Oregon because of, of the severity uh, of those fires. 
Um, but yes, we will move equipment around um, from state to state. It just depends on what the resource request is and what we have in the area. Okay. So any successes this season? I mean, everything's been so dire in the news. It'd be great to hear some good news. So, <laughs> uh, Well, the good news is, it, is that we've been able to keep our crews safe and healthy. And um, that's always first priority for us because our people are our biggest asset. We couldn't do what we do without the great people that work here at Miller Timber as well as across uh, the, the multiple agencies that we work with across fire. So that's our biggest success that we always look forward to every year is keeping people safe. Um, but in addition, we like to go out and we like to do a good job. So, um, and, and we've had a pretty good record this year for um, uh, doing good work across um, hand crews and equipment. And so it's, you know, it, it, there's a lot of really great people that do a lot of great work. Uh, and that's been shown out there on the fire lines, uh, keeping things in check and getting, getting these fires under control. Um, it's a big fire season, so it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort, um, a lot of really long shifts and, 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 you know, long days and, and multiple days in a row, 14 or 21 days in a row for a lot of our folks out there on fires. So, um, it's really a testament to, to how much these people care about the resources that are out there and, uh, the quality of work ethic that, that people at Miller Timber have. Yeah. So for the hand crews, what's that look like? I mean, do you have to bring food out and tents or do they stay, I mean, stay out there or what's, what's a shift like that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, typically when we dispatch a hand crew, we have, we, we leave with everything we'll need for the first 24 to 48 hours. So that includes uh, food for that duration, um, water, go through a lot of water on the fire line and the hand crews. Um, so we leave with all of that material as well as all of our own firefighting gear. So pretty much as soon as we roll out from the shop or wherever we uh, dispatch from, we are ready to do just about anything, uh, just about anywhere and um, are good for, like I said, 24 to 48 hours. So typically um, if we're, if we're dispatched, we'll, we'll have to meet at some, at a fire camp or a staging location or something. And depending on the need, we might go right to work right there, um, whether it's day shift or night shift or, or whatever. Um, and usually a shifts are typically 12 to 14 hours, I would say. And, um, then there's usually a fire camp. Uh, and so we'll stay somewhere. Sometimes it, there's not a, a a real designated fire camp. So sometimes we're, we're out in uh, somebody's local field, or if it's a local fire, we might come back to the shop and, and pitch our tents in the back lawn and, and sleep here for the night. But um, we are very capable of, of supporting ourselves and, and being self-sufficient. Um, if the, you know, if the, if the incident doesn't have a designated camp or anything like that. Okay. Um, are they, are you kind of tag teaming between like one shift and the next? Do you have a, like one person who monitors it or how do you, how do you handle that? Primarily that's handled by overhead on the fire. So okay. whether it's ODF as an agency or Cal fire or the forest service, um, they have the overhead in place that, that does uh, a lot of the broader level planning in terms of where resources are going to go and, and, um, where to put people and, and what objectives are for different okay. shifts. 
Um, but, but of course, when we're out on fires, we communicate with other resources that are local. If it's other hand crews that we're going to tie into or other engines and tenders that are supporting uh, our wet mop operations or um, ships, helicopters that are dumping water, and we'll communicate with them. Um, okay. So it, it's really a, a team effort in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily the, the incidences are led by uh, agency personnel. Um, okay. However, we do have a lot of experience on the Miller timber side for fire. So we are more than capable and, and willing to step in and kind of fill the gap uh, wherever a little bit of leadership is needed. Okay, great. And has uh, COVID changed anything this year for you guys on fire? Certainly, certainly it has. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the main reasons why I say that we're happy that uh, everybody's stayed pretty, pretty healthy and safe this year, uh, because we knew that was a big concern going into uh, this fire season. So at the start of this season, and even in preparing for this season, we started moving a lot of our training material uh, to virtual platforms. Um, in addition to doing very structured uh, administration of pack tests and things like that, where we needed to. Okay. And there were some waivers that were granted uh, for pack tests to, lim- uh, to limit the exposure uh, of personnel. Um, but in cases where we needed to, we were very cognizant of, of, of that potential spread and took appropriate safety measures and distancing measures to keep everybody safe. Now, on the crews or, or out on the fire, particularly like in the hand crews, um, we've sent all of our resources with extra sanitizing supplies and made that a regular part of our daily operations to to wash hands and sanitize pickups and and make sure we're doing our part to to keep everybody safe. Um, camps have looked a little different as well. Um, we've really tried to to limit our contact and our exposure to other resources and other crews from from other areas. We've tried to kind of keep keep to ourselves and and stick around the people that we would normally be around in order to limit that exposure. So it certainly has changed what we do. Um, but like I said, we're, we're just pleased that we haven't had anything major come up and we've been able to keep everybody um, safe and, and uh, healthy. Hi, we want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress, as well as Timber West Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal. Due to the coronavirus, the 2020 PLC Congress has been moved to 2021. But that doesn't mean they won't be active and involved this year, promoting sound technical forest education. Their annual auction will be virtual this year and held December 16, 2020. To find out more, just visit www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, let's get back to Preston and some of the challenges the company has faced this year. And the biggest challenge this year was that resources were much more limited than in previous years, um, in part because of COVID, but also in part because it's been a pretty, pretty substantial fire season, not only in Oregon, but California and Colorado um, and other states have had uh, big fire seasons. So I think that's been the biggest strain on the system is that just that there's not as many resources. Um, we've had a lot of our crews that will uh, get demobbed off of a fire. And as soon as we put them back up on the board, they're, they're already being requested uh, within a day or two. So I think that's been the biggest uh, challenge this year is, is just the, the, the limited number of resources, but a lot of agencies and a lot of personnel, both on the public and private side have really stepped up to, to help keep some of these fires 
um, contained at the sizes that they are. So in light of all that, yeah, COVID is, has really changed a lot on our fireside this year, but people have really stepped up to the plate. This is a seasonal work for Millard and you train folks before the season. If mm-hmm. anybody was interested, say next season, how would they go about contacting you? Okay. Well, uh, they can get in touch with our folks here at Miller Timber. Uh, they can visit our website, which I believe is millertimber.com. Um, that, they can call our office and they can stop by, although our office is currently closed to the general public. Um, so it'd probably be best to either visit our website and get in touch with uh, some of our fire personnel. Um, I as well am, am free to contact for that. Um, or calling our just our general office number and getting in touch with us uh, that way. So we're we're more than happy to 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 train people and um, get people ready for another season. Great. So do you train all year? Or is there a certain season that you train? Uh, we typically look at training uh, the first half of the year. Um, we typically have a couple structured or, or a couple planned sessions. Um, for for entry level firefighting training, um, as well as we do refreshers uh, during the first half of the year. So typically, all of that stuff happens. Um, we we will come out of fire season, and in the fall and winter, we'll do our all of our planning and and preparation uh, for the next fire training. And how many people um, do you employ for fire training, typically or on average? Oh gosh, well <clears throat> it. It partly depends on the severity of the fire season. Um, in a really big fire season like this year, um, we're up to uh, probably a couple hundred uh, this year. Um, we we ended up offering uh, additional training later in the season for folks uh, so that we could meet meet some of the need out there as well as get some more folks out there that, that wanted to fight fire. So um, we could be up to a couple hundred, you know, at any given time uh, in a big fire season. So... And the that include the operators or not? That's just the operators or equipment. I mean, uh, those guys typically are full time. Um, we we kind of lump them in okay. there uh, with that count. Um, so they they take in probably they're, they're roughly thirty to forty uh, of that okay. count. So purely seasonal guys were were one fifty to one seventy five on a typical year. Okay, is Miller Timber are they a little unique in offering fire? services i i haven't seen anybody else who does that so um there are other organizations other private companies that do offer uh fire crew services um i can't i'm not as familiar with them with how big Mm -hmm. they are um but i wouldn't be surprised if we're one of the bigger outfits in the local area in terms of hand crews and equipment and things like that okay so anything you're most proud of this year about your fire team (laughs) Um, kind of like I mentioned before I'm really proud of the work that other people at Miller have done Um, there's a lot of people that I really enjoy working with especially out on fire a lot of great folks that that find it passionate and enjoyable and when you're with these people all day literally all day every day for multiple days on end in tough conditions and tough environment um, it's really the people that, that make the difference not only in making the work go easier, but also, you know, when you, when you have to be around these folks, everybody has a great attitude and everybody, everybody's in the same boat, but everybody wants to, 
everybody wants to do a great job and everybody wants to have fun doing it. Um, so that, that is what I'm most proud of is the people that, that I get to work with here at Miller, uh, on fire and, uh, in other parts of the company. So a lot of people have done a lot of really great work this summer. That's great. You were saying having fun working, it seems like, um, out at the fire, that just seems terrifying to me. Um, <laughs> are, are, is it not scary or? There are certainly times where it's all business and there's no messing around. Um, not to say that uh, every minute of every day is like that, um, but there, there are kind of ebbs and flows, right? There's, okay. um, there's certain times where it's all business and there's certain times where, okay, you can kind of relax a little bit. You still have a job to do and that's always the first priority aside from safety, but uh, making sure that job gets done um, is important. But there's, there's, no, there's no reason that we can't enjoy each other's company and enjoy being out in the, in the great outdoors, um, while we're doing it. Um, yes, it is. Sometimes it is tough to, to see, um, the devastation and the destruction that fire brings. Um, but you know, that's, that's part of the job and part of why we're out there. So it's a little bit uh, of both. There, there are times, okay. you know, that, that are a little easier and times that it's all business. So for Miller, is this, um, you do the fire part and you were mentioning mop up. Do you also mm -hmm. um, do the maybe um, harvesting the burned um, timber or replanting or do you handle that as well if they need it? Yeah, that's a great question um, because I guess, you know, from maybe the general public's perspective, um, once the fires are quote unquote put out and designated as as 100% contained, um, a lot of landowners have much more work ahead of them now that the, the that the acres have burned. So um, salvage work is, is a big part of what we'll do as well. Um, I've been keeping busy lately trying to help out with looking at salvage work for different clients and seeing what we can put together and, and making sure that, that they take care of the land after uh, fire has come through. So that's a big part of what we do. And of course, um, we will, we can, we replant trees as well. We have a reforestation division, uh, that handles that for clients. So we kind of work the full range of, of needing to take care of timber stands um, from putting out the fire, helping to do that, uh, to salvage harvesting, salvaging timber, burnt timber, uh, to replanting and helping, uh, new healthy trees get started and, and get established. So yeah, we, we kind of run the full gamut there. Okay. And I was kind of curious, um, so a fire's heading toward my tree farm. Um, would I have already talked to you prior about being someone on call or do people just panic and call you um, as the fire approaches their trees? Primarily, we're dispatched through uh, the government. Okay, um, okay. So when when um, when organizations like ODF or Cal Fire get assigned to an incident, uh, then hand crews or or engines or tenders or equipment will will be called for as well. So that primarily okay. happens through um, through the government. However, um, the severity of of fires this this well last month here in Oregon um, had private landowners, industrial landowners. It, some of those rules were relaxed a little bit uh, just to get resources out there and, and try and get in front of these things. So typically it's, it's handled through the government. Um, but in special circumstances, there's a lot of flexibility that, that can happen there uh, to get resources out where they okay. need to be. 
So how long are you expecting this fire season to last the rest of the month or longer? I think geographically it depends. That's always kind of the million dollar question is, is how long will it last or how severe will it be? But um, just my two cents is that I think the fire season in California uh, will continue potentially into November or December. Um, It's hard to say what will happen here in Oregon with uh, changing weather. Um, Crews are making really great progress on some of the, I think there's six big fires currently in Oregon and uh, resources are making a lot of good progress there. So um, I could, I could see Oregon maybe wrapping up by the end of the month. Okay. Um, but California, I would not be surprised to, to see that go into uh, November or potentially December, depending on the, the fall and winter that they get. Yeah. That's too bad. But Yeah. It's, yep. It's tough to see sometimes. Are there any COVID things that you think are going to stick around after hopefully this passes sort of safety things guys are doing that'll stick? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the sanitation and uh, cleanliness things in big fire camps stick around. Um, Hand washing stations and things like that, I could definitely see those being um, a, a bigger part of of bigger fire camps. Um, I've been on some fires this year where they have said that the typical camp crud, as it's called, has not been near as big of an issue this summer as it has in years past. I think uh, in a, a great deal in part to the extra sanitation measures that that are being in place. So I could easily see those sticking around just to, just to keep crews healthy and uh, prolong their ability to work uh, in future years. So I, I could see that being a, a regular part of, of fire camp. What is camp crud? Uh, camp crud is, is just kind of like the, just the, a sickness kind of cold, like, you know, you just kind of get sick after, um, well, some people can get sick after two or three weeks out on fire. Um, cause the conditions are tough, you know, sometimes, um, you're not getting good sleep or, you know, you're, and you're working hard every day. So it, it takes a toll on your system. Yeah. Uh, so camp crud is just kind of just when you start to get run down, uh, you might catch a little cold or something. And that's typically uh, referred to as camp crud. This um, are, were there any lessons learned this year that you might apply to next? You, I think the lessons are the same that we, we try and strive for every year is just <laughs> trying to maintain a state of readiness and preparedness um, because we never know what's going to happen. So that's probably our biggest ally is just being prepared and well-trained and having people that are excited and ready to go and, and ready, ready to answer the call whenever that might come in. I want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress, as well as Timberwest Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal for making this podcast possible. And most importantly, we want to thank Preston for taking time out to be part of Talking Timber. Until next time, take care.